Act Two, the Calendar Act. The Calendar Act and subsequent very real or very fake calendar riots are the subject of this week's show. It's colloquially known as when England stole 11 days from much of the modern world, and it spawned a peculiar series of reactions that tap into our core idea about mental stability and our resistance to authority. Of course, as said many times during this episode, the calendar riots might not even exist, and in that way it makes them more playfully interesting. If a riot occurs and no one is around to see it, does it still exist? And what if it happens on a day that is deleted from our calendar? Perhaps the calendar riots actually happened on September uh, 10th, but that day didn't exist that year, so the riots poofed away. I mean, it doesn't even matter if the calendar riots are a myth. What matters if something is a myth? Did all myths happen? No. And that it can include mythic rebellions? Rebellion against time crime is a real myth to me, regardless of proof. Our modern world takes time very seriously. If you commit a crime, time is taken away from you. Imprisonment is called doing time, of course. Time is a noun. It is a thing. It is also a place. Your place in time. That's a phrase. Time is an action. You're not worth my time is a good insult. As said, you do your time in prison when you're correctly at fault. Unless you're Jeffrey Epstein, then you rob others of seeing you pay your time. Time is said to be our common uniter. No matter how wealthy you can be, you can't buy more time than any of us. Though wealth might mean you might waste more of it. Jeffrey Epstein can only buy death, or others put money forward to kill him. We might find the answer to that in time, but time will make us wait. With time being an object, we take theft of time very seriously. If someone is incorrectly imprisoned, for example, we have robbed them of their time, and it's considered a crime against their humanity. The loss is a mortal one, but it's also a metric item, and that can be calculated. They were robbed of a day, month, or worse, years. It's all partly an illusion that is only applicable because we as humans base our perceptions on a human system. We die. Or more specifically, our carbon systems break down no matter how careful we are about not damaging them. Your body breaks down over time. Mortality makes time matter because that's how we evaluate the decline of our bodies and the growth upward into adulthood, the plateau into living most of your life for hopefully many timed decades, and then decline into death at the timed end of our life. We stop keeping time after death occurs. Otherwise, we'd say William Shakespeare is 456 years old. No, his clock stopped in 1616, just three days shy of his 53rd birthday. Poor guy. Theft of time has a business application too. Right now, the easiest way to lose a job is by dishonestly filling out a time card. Say you worked four days and reported five, that's called theft of time, and an easy way to get fired. I love that term, theft of time. So the Calendar Act is a fun example of theft of time, or possibly theft of time, and implementation of the Calendar Act is a fun example of, at the very least, a very inconsiderate 
or aggressive abuse on our perceptions of time. Timelines. If you think of your life as an actual timeline, meaning a row of tape, the British spliced out 11 days from the lives of millions of people, yanking their life from September 2nd through September 14th, and snipping out September 3rd through September 13th. They threw those days on the cutting room floor and then taped back your timeline to just be 9-2 to 9-14. And remember, a week is seven days, so an 11-day break is going to screw a lot of things up. Here's how that looked in action. Wednesday, September 2nd, jumped immediately to Sunday, September 14th. That's just so nuts. Immediately, think of the existential crisis. Think about that word control written on the chalkboard. Or what experiences have I lost by the government doing this? You might ask. What about the 11 days that are now gone? What if you were to meet the love of your life on the 9th? What about a book you'd planned to read on the 12th? What about a life-changing dream that might have occurred on the 5th? What about the child you might have conceived on the 10th? Or more directly, maybe you had a schedule of things to complete on the 15th, and now that's two days from now. That's an inconsiderate gesture on the part of the British management. Even though all these things still would or could happen, moving ahead on the 14th forward, our minds are not designed to consider this. They certainly weren't in a position to consider such things 300 years ago. I wouldn't know how to handle it three months ago. One instead is understandably panicked about those lost days, the lost sanity management, and possibly the lost experiences. Imagine this happening today in an automated sense. Our computers are synced to calendars that automatically time correct on an atomic clock. For instance, what if the clock determined a sudden 11-day correction? I am certain people went wild over a perceived loss of days back in 1752. And one timeline does involve the actual riots. William Hogarth's painting shows British authority being attacked, shaved, held at knife point, and plunked in the head with a brick, all the while being serenaded by peasants playing violins in the back. <laughs> it's a very fun painting. In this timeline, they rioted to have their stolen days returned to them, but the damage had been done. Once you steal a day from someone, you cannot return it to them. It's not possible, and it makes this moment in history pretty fun to discuss. Here's a question, could today's government delete time? In some small way, daylight savings time does this. It takes away an hour once a year, but then it pays you back that hour later in the year. It's a simple debit and credit in the accounting column of our perceptions. It's nice and honest of government to do that, to pay us back, but daylight savings time itself is a huge issue and debated often. And that's just over one changed hour. There's a pretty funny Grand Ole Opry recording from Grandpa Jones worth looking up called Daylight Savings Time, that's the title, where he complains in good tone about the ruinous effect of the damn thing. 
course, daylight savings time shifts your entire daily experiences in terms of when the sun appears and sets, and that's plenty disruptive on its own. And a lot of people have a kind of jet lag that occurs during the first week or so of when DST occurs. Let's jump to side A for this week, considering the calendar act to occur in our present day era.